Welcome back to a brand new episode of Vagina Slims. For those who are new around here, my name is Lauren Rose, and I do this thing every now and again when it feels right, and um, yeah, today it feels right. Uh, A lot has changed since the last time I've been on here, um, but I never really like to come back on unless I feel like there's something to say or something meaningful to make out of it, so... Um, yeah, I moved to Salt Lake City, Utah for a few months to work a film festival, and it's been amazing. Um, strange, but also amazing. Uh, like, for starters, the whole city is surrounded by mountains. It's beautiful, like, breathtaking, and sometimes there's inversion, which is not so breathtaking. It's actually really bad for your health, apparently, but, um yeah crazy mountains and then it's also kind of like this nascar speedway vibe um it reminds me of like vincent gallo's kind of his work like buffalo 66 or the brown bunny um lots of like concrete and people going like 80 90 miles an hour but it's also very still at the same time um yeah lots of grays and lots of blue skies so (sighs) yeah i've just been working fairly like a lot nonstop, and I definitely had major major anxiety coming out here because it's kind of the first time I've made such a huge move um, for my career and life and I don't know it was great but at first I wanted to throw up like every two seconds I was just so nervous about you know, getting around day-to-day life, functioning, making sure I wake up on time and do my job and don't get fired. And it wasn't anything like that. Everything went fine, of course, but it was also just strange having to like throw myself into a new environment for months. And I had a friend here, Julia, who's amazing, iconic, legendary, and she is like my rock. She's so funny. And, but it, it was so strange at first because I'd known her in, in the past, but when you're having like a borderline as existential panic attack, whatever, like it's hard just to like throw that on someone. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We, we are good and it was amazing being with her and she's my roommate, but yeah, it was just something I had to do and I'm really thankful that I did it. And I watched SLC Punk before I came out here, and I love that film. I have it on VHS, and that was actually the one gift that my ex gave me that was, like, amazing. Get, like, best gift I ever got, because it was a few VHS tapes, SLC Punk, and I think The Doom Generation he gave me, and then a couple others. And it was, like, the most thoughtful gift, because that's these films are so impactful for me. But, um, yeah, I love that film. For those who haven't seen it, it's like this 90s cult film about two punk kids living in Salt Lake and I think like the late 80s. Um, and it's just a fun, campy film about their life when Utah, like Salt Lake City, is like the Mormon capital of the world. 
So you have all of these really like religious people mixing in with these alternative punk lifestyles and, you know, hilariousness ensues. But Jason Siegel's in it and my number one crush of my childhood, Devin Sawa, who I stopped liking after he was in the Eminem video because he's really creepy. Uh, Stan, Stanley. Um, but it's a good one. If you guys haven't seen it, I recommend it. But yeah, it was just strange. Like, I just feel like I just got to know the city and now I'm about to leave and go on to the next gig. So um, yeah, but I have so many thoughts and so many words to say about some amazing films that came out this year uh, that should be talked about. And yeah, just all the things. So we're going to start off with a little Roy Orbison, and this is Oh, Pretty Woman. Enjoy. Pretty woman walking down the street, pretty woman, the kind I like to meet. I don't believe you, you're not the truth No one could look as good as you Mercy Pretty woman, won't you pardon me? Pretty woman, I couldn't help but see Pretty woman Right. 
welcome back. That was Roy Orbison with Oh Pretty Woman, iconic song, 1964. And it's hard not to think of that song um, without thinking of Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts, another legend of our time. Um, Yeah, I've had such a good time here watching amazing movies about women or by women speaking of pretty woman um just having strong female leads there's this really cool place uh in salt lake called tower theater and um they have this amazing amazing dvd selection it's like blockbuster but r.i.p blockbuster um i think it's run by the salt lake film society i might be wrong on that but yeah you go into this theater it's super old school um, theater and then in the lobby area there's just rows and rows of DVDs by amazing directors they had a lot of like early Gregoraki work and he's one of my favorites and he was at Sundance this year and I saw um, his work now Apocalypse but um, we rented Thumb on Louise just the other night and such an amazing amazing film there was this YouTuber I think the channel name is called Be Kind Rewind. I hope it's that one, but I'll link it down below. Um, But it's this woman and she does these amazing kind of like lecture essay videos about um, Oscar wins throughout the century and kind of it gives you the background story and how um, the actor or actress received an Oscar and what it meant in that historical climate and whatnot. Um, but she did an episode about Jodie Foster's win for Silence of the Lambs. Um, I forget the year. I think it was like 92 or something. But um, she kind of broke down how Jodie won, but also how Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis were both uh, were both nominated for the Oscar um, for their roles in Thelma and Louise and how Thelma and Louise was just a little bit too radical for the Academy, which is, makes total sense. Um, because both films that and Silence of the Lambs have sort of like a feminist undertone of one woman in Silence of the Lambs working within the system against this terrible human being. And then on the flip side, Thelma and Louise being two women, friends, you know, I don't want to give away the whole plot if you haven't seen it, but basically on the run because of male action. Um, So, I don't know. I could have described that more eloquently, but you should watch that video because it's amazing and I love all of her work. She also has this really great one about um, Gwyneth Paltrow's Oscar win and how her and Harvey Weinstein are connected. Um, And it really just shows his pull especially with film festivals how he would come in and arrange these parties or meetings and really just wrangle these votes um it was disgusting so anyways um gosh i don't even know i just rant of course i did want to share my my top five films from sundance um, that I saw that I loved. The first one being The Last Black Man in San Francisco, directed by Joe Talbot. Um, this is a really interesting 
film and if you're into production design it's awesome it's about two young black men in san francisco going about their lives and they are obsessed with this antique old school house um that you find out later on was previously owned by one of the men his his family he used to live in it as a kid and now because of san francisco's gentrification issue um it's no longer his they were kicked out and now it's owned by like this white hippie woman (laughs) and she has to sell the house so he gets this idea i'm gonna go back to this house this is my house his great-grandfather built the house um hopefully i'm not getting this plot wrong too much but it's a beautiful story about love um for little things physical things like the trim on a wall or you know the way the wood works together but also in a bigger sense it's about pride and history perseverance maybe black excellence you know um he really believes that this house belongs to him as it was created by his you know relatives and it's a really heartbreaking story and it's funny and i think a24 has it for distribution so you'll see it within the next year but i would definitely go out um it was definitely like tied for my number one film the other film that i loved was honey boy directed by alma harrell um this woman is amazing she's doing great work i suggest that you guys follow her on her social media and keep in the loop with her because i seriously think that she's going to be one of the greats you know um honey boy is a film written by shia labeouf pretty much about his own childhood um he while he's filming even stevens and all those really early disney um projects he lived in a motel with his father who was an alcoholic and a ex-rodeo clown just craziness and Shia actually plays his father which is super painful because um, it's such a emotionally and physically abusive relationship that they have and the young boy I'm, I don't have his name on me right now but the young boy that plays Shia is amazing too um, so yeah it's I, I don't know there's there's so much about that film I just want to talk about each scene so I have to wait till it comes out so we can talk more about it but um it was just super well done it had its sweeter moments and fka twigs in it which i haven't seen her in a film i don't think um and so i don't know the chemistry is amazing and shia was amazing uh production design was awesome so that's definitely one of my favorites and i think a lot of you guys will like that um another film i believe it's a danish film but don't kill me if i'm wrong um this is Queen of Hearts by May L2K. Not sure if that's right. Uh, this is an interesting story. I didn't plan on seeing this. It was about um, this older woman who has kids and a husband, and the husband has a son from another marriage. So her stepson comes to live with them after he's kind of been in some trouble here and there and they end up having an affair which is steamy and messed up um and you think the film is going to go one way it's going to be like one tone but it just takes a dive and almost becomes like a psychological thriller 
and I just thought it was beautifully done. The acting was amazing on both parts. Um, so yeah, give it a Google search. It's awesome. Another favorite, number four, is This Is Not Berlin, directed by Hari Sama. Um, this comes out of Mexico. This film is about some young teenagers um, kind of exploring their sexuality and their identity uh, within kind of the punk slash new wave movement of the 80s in Mexico. So I thought it was really cool. It reminded me a lot of my own upbringing. Um, there's a lot of performance art and you know, music, drugs, drinking, whatever the hell, but um, I just really identified with the search for the identity, um, and I just thought it was so cool. It, it felt so familiar, even though I wasn't alive in the 80s, um, but I just had so many similar situations, and it just seemed super liberating, and even the, the title itself, This Is Not Berlin, I thought was pretty punk rock. Um, because, you know, Berlin and New York and all these major cities had these counter-cultural movements, yet this was popping off everywhere, Mexico, for example, and it just felt really cool. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I hope, I think it's coming out in Mexico later this year, but I really hope it gets some large distribution. And then the last film that I want to recommend is We Are Little Zombies, directed by Makoto Nagahisa, I believe. Um, this is from Japan. This director had won like a short um, grand jury prize at Sundance, I think in 2017. Um, the premise is so bizarre. It's the first film that I saw and I cried <laughs> multiple times. Um, but laughed and was confused. It's long, but you just want to follow it because it's so bizarre. The premise is uh, these two kind of like preteen level, or sorry, a group of kids, maybe four, I think. They're preteens and they all meet at a funeral home because their parents are dead. <laughs> all in different ways, their parents end up dead and none of the kids can cry about it they're not even really that sad and they form this band because they're basically orphans and they only have each other um they form this like it's hard to explain but um like trash <laughs> band and they become instantly famous because they're singing about their parents and how they're dead and everyone's obsessed with how unemotional they are um so yeah, I I can't even say anything more. It's just probably the most visually stimulating film and technically advanced film that I've seen. It really takes risks and it's excessive in an amazing way. So yeah, those were the main films that I loved. Um, another like runner-up was Rick Alverson's uh, The Mountain. Um, Ty Sheridan and Jeff Goldblum uh, is in it, and it's about this lobotomist, is that the word? Lobotomist, yeah, um, in the 50s, and he's traveling from all these mental hospitals um, to perform this procedure that is now becoming like old-fashioned, unethical, people don't want it anymore, and it's this really bizarre relationship that the two characters have together. 
Um, and for production design, it was probably my most favorite because it's um, this dingy 50s, 60s style, which a lot of 50s and 60s kind of production design is super polished and um, cliche. And this one was really muted and beautifully done. So yeah, those are the good films. I saw Greg Araki and he is one of my all-time favorite directors and it was just so bizarre to see him in real life and I was really excited although most of his recent work I haven't connected with. Um, I loved Nowhere, Totally Fucked Up, The Doom Generation, like that era of cult 90s films was everything to me. Even like The Living End I think was so crucial and essential for American cinema and he has a new series on stars called now apocalypse and it wasn't necessarily my vibe but it was kind of fun so yeah I think like I've realized that I can't <laughs> like put everything like all my eggs in a basket when it comes to directors and I can't rely on people to feed this like niche desire that I have because that's just so complicated and I think like I just have to respect my initial interest in his work and then you know just support from afar but do, do you know what I mean like it's a little painful I'm not gonna lie but he was so impactful for me and even just to be in the same room as him was something else so love it so my brain is like on fire right now so all this movie talk we're gonna switch it up and play some more music this bop you've probably heard on the radio it's legendary it's a classic this is always something there to remind me by naked eyes enjoy
All right, welcome back. That was always something there to remind me by Naked Eyes. Going 80s over here. Yeah, that's one thing I've slept on artistically is like the whole 80s movement. And I don't know. I just started to realize why that is. And it's for a few reasons. Firstly, I, I love like 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s even. Throw me down to 30s, I can do it. But um, they're just, that era is so much more palatable and safe, I guess. But the 80s just really gave no fucks. <laughs> Everything is so fugly. And I kind of love that. Like the shoulder pads, it's so exaggerated. It's not even real. And the cure hair like I love it I think seeing this as Berlin really shook me um brought me back to the roots of it all you know dressing not to be beautiful or to look like you have exaggerated curves or don't have curves or I don't know there's just a lot of interesting information to mine I guess also I wasn't into it because I always was in two decades that like I didn't really have much connection with like for example the 80s that's more of like my siblings era or even my parents when they were like young adults that's when they were kind of bringing us up um so it seemed naturally like uncool but I'm more invested now <laughs> and everyone who's in it into it before probably hates my guts but whatever I love fugly wallpaper from the 70s. Like, give me a mustard colored floral print, um, and I'm there. <sighs> so, yeah, that's kind of been everything. It's been surreal for sure. Like, I would be sitting in movies and just start crying, not even because of the movie itself, but I'd just be thinking about how far I've been able to come because if I thought back you know when I was in high school I was severely depressed and would skip school often and just watch films I don't even know how I discovered them but like Greg Rocky for example that he's one of like the first directors that I went through all of his films and watched um and now later on I'm I'm there in the same room as some of those people and I'm not talking to them but I'm experiencing their work in real time and hearing their opinions and yeah it's just too nice that's the other thing it's like I still have so many <laughs> loans like I for the progress that I've made I'm still always fighting to keep my spot like where I am or to keep going and a lot of it is just rejection um or family stuff you know like having to take care of your family or deal with trauma from the past like there's so much shit that can prevent you from pursuing that you want to pursue and I guess when I see people sharing their films or sharing the work that they've done on films it's just like this beautiful like pearl moment because 
they've just managed to create something really beautiful while still fighting the world in every which way. And that's really special. And like, I, I cry for that reason because it's so rare, but I also wonder if I cry because I'd rather be that person or be in that group of people who can create those things that move people instead of just being on the other side as a watcher or I don't know just someone who's more detached so I'm trying to figure out what that means but when I was younger I actually remember a time where I realized that I hadn't cried in like over a year and I definitely was sad so that was hashtag depression but um I don't know in a way I'm glad that I'm more emotional now because it just is like this cue like oh you care about something you're gonna cry um (laughs) so I'm still kind of losing it but um everything's cool and strangely when it rains it pours like now I might have some opportunities that I didn't realize could happen and I guess another part of why I'm kind of sad is because I've struggled for so long and for example I have like attachment to objects whether it's like a blanket or princess diana like egg or something that I found at a thrift store and I love these objects but now my lifestyle might be taking me more so on the road to places where I can't bring all of these beautiful things. And those things made me realize what I liked. Um, and it created this like, I don't want to say a wall, but it's like beautiful drapery around me that made me feel like secure. And now it's even like the stupid like physical thing of like, I can't fit everything in my car I'm gonna have to like let things go or put them in storage and maybe never see them again like it's just funny how your whole life you're struggling to keep something like pure and there for yourself and then when you do get opportunities to advance yourself and maybe get towards that direction that you have wanted to go in you still have to let go of things not just physical things but like you know relationships or family obligations all of that so that's just this big cloud that's been you know hovering over my life but it's also kind of exciting to know what's past that if I can get past that but I don't know one day I just love to have an apartment somewhere in like New York or something and have it have nice lighting and just like a bunch of books on the wall for research for production design and just to have gigs that I really like that I care about and just to collaborate with people who are you know doing stuff that's worthwhile and just to be a part of history would be so satisfying to me and then hopefully I could have my friends around me where I can visit them and then perhaps a partner (laughs) but let's not jump too far so 
that's my brain as of now um yeah nothing more to say it was a real whirlwind of events i had my identity stolen um someone took 150 dollars out of my bank account in michigan (laughs) at a speedway so like i didn't have a credit card because only adults have credit cards and i'm not an adult and so i was just living on cash and my phone would die and i'd have to like heat it up in my crotch in my coochie area so it'd like come back to life and i had to get a new phone like i gotta get a passport i gotta take my wisdom teeth out somehow (laughs) so but yeah i'm happy and recording this feels really good it feels honest and you know something that i'm happy about so i'm gonna let you guys go but this song i've really loved i've listened to it for the past couple months and it's kind of the sweet goodbye but it's also a homecoming song um it reminds me of the west and i don't know you'll hear it for yourself so this is save your heart for me by Brian Highland. Um, I guess happy Valentine's Day too, because that's coming up. Um, but this year we're not worrying about that stuff, other things. So thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Walk along the lake with someone new Have yourself a summer flame or two But remember I'm in love with you And save your heart for me When the summer moon is on the rise And you're dancing under starlit skies Please don't let the stars get in your eyes Just save your heart for me When you're all alone, far away from home Someone's gonna flirt with you I won't think it's wrong if you play along Just don't fall for someone new When the autumn winds begin to blow And the summertime is long ago 